which acts, qualities, beliefs, and feelings are considered good or bad by adults in their society. They begin to form judgments about whether their own behavior and that of others is good or bad, right or wrong. These judgments, called standards, refer to the ideals and prohibitions of the society in which they live, as well as to appropriate or inappropriate behavior for each age and sex. Psychologists believe that the mechanisms by which children learn standards are similar across the world, but that the contents of these standards, that is, the specific qualities and actions that are classified, good or bad, vary across different cultures. Each society has an inherent wisdom and adopts those standards that will minimize anxiety and uncertainty among the majority of its members. This film explores the basic mechanisms by which standards are acquired, as well as similarities and differences among the specific standards held by children in three different cultural settings. Settings which differ in their locations, economy and degree of isolation and modernization. The most isolated setting is a northwest Guatemalan mountain village of less than 1,000 people who work the land growing corn and beans. The villagers usually speak their own Indian dialect rather than Spanish, and education generally consists of a few years of haphazard attendance at a local school taught by outsiders who speak very little of the local Indian dialect. The Indians have little identification with the larger national Spanish-speaking community. Our second setting is a village in rural Kenya, East Africa, where some 700 people live close to the land, growing crops and raising cattle. Most children receive elementary education, but only a few go on to secondary school. The village has no electricity, gets its water from local streams, and has no local stores for most daily supplies. Adults have access to a larger town several miles away for shopping and visiting, but life for most children and adults is restricted to the village. Our final setting is a relatively modern industrial community in north-central Japan. A community of 2,000 people, primarily working class. Most fathers are employed in the local lumber industry, while mothers work as housewives and also tend the fields and gardens. three local schools, as well as libraries, television, cars, and easy access to manufactured goods. In all three of these settings, as is true in all cultures, 
Children's standards are determined to some degree by what they experience. That is, by what they see, by what they hear, and by what they're told by others to do or not to do. Children assume that when an adult tells them something is correct, it is in fact correct, especially if they're not exposed to other children and adults who tell them otherwise or behave in different ways. When the interviewer asked this girl, what do you think of the qualities of a good child, she answered that a good child should obey her parents. When he asked, what do you think of the qualities of a bad child, she answered that a bad child disobeys her parents. Our interviews and testing with children in all three cultures reveal that children believe obedience to parents is good and disobedience bad because their own parents insist on obedience and punish disobedience. But while the standard for obedience to adults is universal for the children in all three settings, children do not agree on the correct punishment a child should receive if he or she disobeys because each has been exposed to different forms of punishment. Japanese children are usually scolded verbally. This Japanese girl says that the best way to punish a child is to scold her. The Kenyan and Guatemalan children, who are more often physically punished, believe that it's best to beat or spank a child who misbehaves. Each method is effective, and each child believes that the way he or she is socialized is the best way, especially if the child is not aware of other ways of training. When children were asked the question, what is the most important thing a child should do, study, be brave, or obey one's parents? Kenyan and Guatemalan children chose obedience to parents, while the Japanese children chose studying. This is because obedience to parents and adults is more likely to lead to approval and praise in the rural communities than studying school lessons. There are other agreements on standards common to the societies we study. For example, our interviews showed that children regarded physical aggression and the stealing of property as bad and punishable. The young child's first standards are primarily prohibitions. Do not disobey, do not steal, do not hit, do not break objects. Initially, the child learns these standards through four basic mechanisms. By observing and imitating what her parents and other adults and children do, by believing what she is told by adults, and by taking note of what she is praised and also what she is punished for. But as the child matures, identification becomes a fifth mechanism in the acquisition of standards. Identification involves the child's desire to be similar to adults and older children who have qualities he admires. He or she comes to respect these people because they possess power or competences that the child values and wants, and because he views these people as kind and nurturing. This desired set of attributes possessed by the model is part of the ego ideal. Actually, the ego ideal represents a synthesis between what the child has learned 
or has been told is valued in his society on the one hand and the characteristics of admired adults on the other. The child assumes that if he behaved and thought like these heroic adults, if he held their beliefs and standards and adopted their behavioral traits, he would eventually come to possess their more intangible, positive qualities. Children in all three cultures were asked who they most admired. This Japanese girl answered that she admired her mother because she takes care of her family, and her father because he listens to what she has to say. But simply admiring an adult is not enough to motivate the child to try to be like the adult. In addition, the child must believe that she shares some minimal similarity with these role models. Only then will she begin to model her behavior and attitudes after theirs. We observed several universals in the ego ideals held by the children in all of the three cultures. The children believe that hard work, caring for others, and having families characterize the ideal adult. But other standards of the ego ideal were dependent on whether the child had been born male or female and on the economy and technology of the culture. Biological sex is a significant determinant of the content of the ego ideal. For all cultures establish slightly different standards for boys and girls, men and women. Children naturally detect the categories male and female early in life because their environment makes this distinction in a variety of ways. Men and women dress differently, talk with different pitch and timbre, or wear hair differently and engage in different activities. Parents use different words for the sexes, boy, girl, man, woman. So by the time children are four or five years old, they know what sex they are and want to possess the qualities appropriate to their sex role category and to avoid being tainted with the qualities of the other sex. If his label is boy, the child wants to be the very best example of that category that he can be. That process is universal. There is a small core set of universal differences between males and females, and children come to symbolize some of these. When asked whether the large or the small circle was male or female, children in all three cultures answered that the biggest circle was male and the smaller female, because adult males are generally larger than adult females. They also viewed forms as symbolic of femininity and sharp forms as symbolic of masculinity. In general, rural villages tend to be clear and relatively inflexible about the tasks and characteristics appropriate for boys and girls. Kenyan and Guatemalan villages have rather rigid sex typing. In Guatemala, boys see adult males gather wood and they learn to perform this task. They learn a variety of other tasks as well. Collecting water to irrigate the gardens. 
doing the heavy work of cultivating the fields or harvesting the maguey plant for the production of rope. Girls learn to perform the tasks of childbearing, washing and cooking or to weave at the backstrap loom. In the Kenyan village, adult males control the economy and manage the farms. Boys learn some of these tasks when young, but are often idle during adolescence until they acquire farms and families of their own. Kenyan women tend the home and children, as well as gather corn and other plants from the field. In the Japanese village, the women work in the fields or tend the home, doing the cooking, cleaning and washing, while the men work as truckers or in the lumber industry. However, this village is more exposed to industrialization than the influence of technology and communication. As societies become more modern, rigidity in sex roles tends to diminish, and men and women experience more similar childhoods and take on more similar tasks. Education also makes children more aware of alternatives. In more modern Japan, men feel free to play with young children, an activity often regarded as female in many cultures. Older adults are less likely to play with young children in Kenya or Guatemala than in Japan. When children from these three cultures were interviewed, their responses about what constitutes the ideal child and adult reflect these cultural similarities and differences in sex role standards. When asked, what does the ideal boy do, this child answered that a boy should work hard. When asked, what does the ideal girl do? She said that a girl should help her parents. When she was asked about the ideal man and the ideal woman, she answered that a man should work hard and a woman should be a good housekeeper. Children's versions of the ideal boy or girl are closely related to their idea of the ideal man or woman. In all three cultures, women are usually at home caring for children, cooking, cleaning, and washing. That is why the children say that the ideal woman should be a good housekeeper. But their answers also reflect some subtle differences. The ideal woman in the rural subsistence communities is seen as performing specific acts like cooking, washing, and child care. The ideal Japanese woman is seen as serving the man through her work. The ideal man also differed across the three cultures. In Kenya, the children said males should care for the farm and manage the cattle. In Guatemala, they said men should be strong and work hard in the fields. In Japan, 
The ideal male should work hard, be good at sports, or win a Nobel Prize, because these acts and qualities lead to status in Japanese society. The interviewer asked this boy to describe the ideal man. Sportsman. He answered, a sportsman and a ski instructor, like my teacher. When asked about the ideal woman, he said, a woman who dedicates herself to serving others. In all three cultures, the ideal woman or man is an exaggeration of what children see their fathers, mothers, and other adults do and promote. <laughs> Children's play also reflects sex typing. In the schoolyard or during free play, the sex is often segregated. The boys in one area, wrestling or roughhousing. The girls will often be in another area, less likely to play in the aggressive manner of the boys and involving themselves in a less active and less dangerous group game. Professors Beatrice Whiting and John Whiting have reported similar results for children from six other societies. A long-standing debate among philosophers and psychologists concerns whether there are universal standards and whether the development of a morality passes through fixed stages, as does intellect. As for the first question, it seems that the standards surrounding prohibitions are often established around the major temptations in the society. Stealing is one temptation for which most societies establish moral standards, even though some societies condone stealing more than others. It is also important to note the reasons a person gives for believing that a certain action is good or bad. This 10-year-old child says that stealing is bad because if you steal something from another person, you'll be a thief. Lawrence Kohlberg of Harvard University has argued that the reasons a person gives for a moral decision are a way to diagnose his level of moral development. Although most people regard stealing as bad, as children mature, they judge the morality of stealing in relation to other standards. They take into account the intention of the thief. The reason for stealing becomes an important basis for evaluation. Children in all three cultures will pose the following moral dilemma. A family was very poor and had no money to buy food. One day their mother got very sick and needed food. The boy or girl thought maybe he or she would steal some food so that the mother would get better. What do you think the boy or girl should do and why? In all settings, the younger children regarded stealing as absolutely wrong, regardless of the circumstances. The basis for their moral choice was fear of punishment, or desire to maintain a good relationship with their parents. The adolescents took into account the specific situation, evaluated the conflict between the morality of saving a life and stealing the food, and decided that saving the life was more important. Their reasoning seemed to be based on a personal philosophy derived from a logically coherent set of moral principles. This girl answered that to steal is a bad thing, but on this occasion I would do it. 
If an adolescent detects inconsistencies in her moral standards, she is driven to resolve them and in doing so may create a new standard. Critical examination of one's moral standards is morphed in modern cultures because of the presence of different views on a particular issue. Adolescents in modern communities experience more psychic stress due to conflicts over their beliefs than adolescents in isolated settings where there are no alternative belief systems. All children develop standards for proper behaviors, qualities, and beliefs. These are the result of listening to and watching adults and other children, and being sensitive to qualities bring punishment or praise. With cognitive maturity, they come to identify with and model themselves after adults who are admired and have status. And as adolescents, they become capable of examining sets of standards as a whole and generating their own philosophy as a guide to moral decisions.